Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. to my show this evening. This show is being brought to you by www.yourpleasure.com. Please visit our Your Pleasure shop and avail yourself to all the goodies there that can make you a better lover. Visit often, ask questions, and if you have a topic that you would like to hear me discuss on my show, let me know about it. I love to cover a range of pleasure subjects that are important to you, so please don't be shy. Tonight, you can call in and ask questions on our toll-free number, one 877 or if you're logged into our show, scroll down to the bottom of the page and type your question in, or send me an email at mrssex, that's M-R-S-S-E-X, at yahoo.com, so I can include your question in one of my shows. I am here as a voice for sane relations, satisfying sex, and equality between partners. So if you want to discuss something that is very important to you, please contact me. I would love to hear from you. Tonight we're taking a different look at the sexual relationship, and I'm asking my guest, Mr. Art Milton Quibner, how to become the kind of man that women would want to be seduced by. In other words, how do you get today's woman interested in today's man? Now, I, I called the show How to Become a Don Juan, but Don Juan was actually one of the most famous seducers of women in uh, mythology. And uh, he was portrayed as a wealthy, seductive libertine who devoted his life to seducing women. And he took great pride in his ability to do that and to all ages and to all stations in life. It didn't matter if she was rich or poor, if she was young or old. If he could do it, if he could get in there, he did. So what did he know? Or what did he say or do that made him such a chick magnet? How could he score so easily when really nice guys who were faithful, loving, and respectful had and still have difficulty finding women who are willing to become intimate? When I first uh, read the book 
from my guest tonight, I saw that it was a satirical guide. That is, he's making kind of fun of the idea that men can develop from cavemen lovers to someone who women would really want to sack. But I believe that there are some very interesting truths in his book, How High Should I Jump?, that can be incorporated into the male psyche to bring him from his macho, he-man perspective to a more balanced state of strength and sensitivity. Everyone should understand that humans are not monogamous by by nature. I've said it once and I'll say it again. But we choose to be monogamous when we've found a partner who satisfies our needs. More importantly, if your partner doesn't always succeed in satisfying your need, just by the fact that they want to is almost as important than actually doing it. Willingness to grow, to learn, or just to be better, the best that they can be with you, is what every woman wants and what will keep her interested in you. You know, marriage started off as an institution by religions, and they wanted to keep tabs on the children, and they wanted women to be property. So for centuries, she took his name, accepted his ring, and became his. Like livestock, he could do whatever he wanted to to her, and it's been like that for centuries. In fact, in many areas of the world, it's still like that. But in these United States, women are coming into their own. If you think back, or if you read some of the really, really old texts, in ancient matriarchal societies, women had several men to take care of their needs. You know, one for sex, one for hunting, one for maintenance of the home. The less attractive men, the ones who weren't getting laid that often, actually sold women on fear. And as soon as that happened, fear took over and men became the protectors. It was all downhill for for women from then on. But we're coming back. So today's woman is independent, educated, strong, able, and considering the vast number of sex toys out there can help herself sexually and keep herself satisfied for a lifetime. So why would she want a man, especially if the man is childish, temperamental, jealous, lazy, self-serving, possessive, violent, and unfaithful? I am going to introduce us now to the wonderful author, Mr. Milk Quibner, and hopefully he can help us answer some of these questions. Welcome, Milt. Hello. I'm just thrilled. <laughs> and I'm thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on my show and discussing with me this uh, touchy subject. Well, you've done a great job of setting the table. Uh, historically, that was really the problem, the women being treated like, well, like property. And, and as you say, that has changed now. But you know what hasn't in a lot of respects is men's attitude, that machismo, possessive, jealous, the, the guy that, that is not allowing women to step into the 21st century, you know? Right, right. And that's really, I think, for many, many couples a problem because a woman goes into a relationship and they walk down the aisle when they come back. They walk down the aisle together. You know, it's kind of funny. In Greek, the word for spouse is the same for him and her because yes. it literally means the oxen that pulls the cart. So you've got two oxen, and they're both pulling that cart together through life. 
And so that's really what a marriage should be. A relationship should be equal partnership. But I think that uh, because of history and men thinking that they are superior somehow, physically they are superior, but because they've had that and used fear to keep women in their place, that they've let it get out of control. And now society is a little out of control because of it. Yeah, I think you've hit on it, and and, and, and there's a lot to say there. Really, uh, you know, we're a a very individualistic society, and that's great until it comes time to to, to be married. And marriage, as you say, is really a – it is not uh, a union of two equals. It is a union, and and two become one. Right. And and really the problem is that men haven't yet learned – how to do that. I mean, there are individual men that, that have obviously put that together and are doing really well, but the vast majority of the men now are struggling. We, there, our, the guidelines that we have are all screwed up. The examples that we have are, well, they're not anything to follow. And so men are really wallowing. You know, there's a, there's a state of schizophrenia almost that's going on in, with modern men right now. They really don't know who to be. So you mentioned Don Juan as an example for men. And and while you know you look at say the the the, uh, the adventures of Don Juan with Errol Flynn, a movie that really portrays I think um this character in a not a real good light. But there's something about that character that women in in all my research and putting together my book, Ellen, I found this time and time again. As much criticism as they have for these attractive bad boys, it, just as much attraction to them, and it's something that is hard to define, but it is. Um, I, I really think it's the thing that is missing for modern men in their relationships. It's that, if you will, it's 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 the key to turn things to a union, and that's really what the essence of my work is about. You know, I talk about in my work. I talk about the two types of men that that women have to choose from now. Uh, the vast majority of regular guys floundering around, and then the few Don Juans, or what I call the objects that are mm-hmm. that are out there and that are having a fantastic time and that are not having any trouble with women. Mm-hmm. I think the- two out of three of my sons are objects. My youngest is too young at this point to be an object, but someday he will be. But my two older sons, I read your definition, and I was like, oh, my God, that's my son Greg and my son Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good luck to them. They're going to be fine as long as they get some education and they have a good career. They shouldn't, uh, you know, most of the objects, they don't commit suicide or end up being a serial rapist. That's not who their character is. And that's also why they're so attractive to women. Women pick up on the fact that these guys, they're made, I mean, uh, the, the modern Don Juan is what? He's a rap star. He's, uh, he's a bad boy athlete. But still, there's something sweet and, and almost caring or generous about these men that makes them non-threatening. Now, in the if you've read any of the, the traditional stories and plays about Don Juan or Don Giovanni in, in Italy, uh, these guys, you know, they were portrayed as rapists and extremely cruel. I think that they, they didn't get a good shake. And I think a lot of these writers were probably writing about the lover who had just taken his wife, right? And we have a few of those examples. But the modern Don Juan really has become much more vulnerable 
than these perfect characters of the past. Um, and, and I think that's one of the keys, is, this, is, is um, examining and developing you know, that sense of vulnerability. Yes. You know, I, um, I was looking at up uh, just, you know, for our show today, and I was looking at some of the other more modern Don Juans or, or womanizers, women, men who seem to have no problem getting the girl. Uh, Howard Hughes was a, a very good example of that. He was, you know, so rich and he, you know, liked flying airplanes really fast and making movies. He had to be appealing on so many levels, but of course he had his issues. And then there was John Kennedy. He was married, but uh, I hear he had quite a few flings in his day. Yeah. And then you see Hugh Hefner, still at 82. He has more girlfriends at the same time than most guys have in a lifetime, yeah. I guess. It was because he figured that uh, they figured they could get some kind of um, publicity with him and some fame sure. with him. And and the most famous of them all was Casanova. Okay, right. this guy after he had a threesome, um, a threesome, him and two sisters, he proclaimed that he had found his new lifelong passion and he was really really great at it. So I hear that he didn't even use alcohol to seduce women. He just did it because he knew what to say and he knew how to play upon their vulnerability and on the fact they needed to be needed. They needed to be desired. They needed to be wanted. And, you know, he wasn't throwing himself at them. He was kind of just sort of dangling that proverbial carrot and saying, don't I look tasty? Can you imagine how much fun you can have with me? And they were well, just know, going for it. You know, that, Ellen, you hit on If I could take that ball for a moment, he had a couple secrets. And yes. one of them was that he didn't talk about himself. Right. He wasn't like the, the modern guy who's out there, you know, oh, I did this, I'm this. I'm. And he had no need for that at all. He let his his glow, if you will, do the talking for him. He combined that with, and I think this is really the secret, and maybe you wanted to hear this later in the show. I'll hold it if you want, but if not, I'll tell it to you right now. I really think the secret to the Don Juan character of all ages is that he learns to find that which is beautiful in every woman. He is able to Use, he is able to get women into bed by his mind. And how does right. he do that? He finds the things that are beautiful about that particular woman. He doesn't come in and sell himself. He focuses right. on her. And right. he focuses this beautiful attention that he has. I mean, these are, let's be honest, the Don Juan is a gorgeous man. He's generally wealthy or he's successful in his business. He's in great shape. He could, he could have anything he wants, any woman he wants, but here he is in front of you. And he's focusing his energy on you, and he's telling you things about you that he's observing, that he's picking up, and he's also picking up the things that are true about you. He's not, he's not lying. He's, right, he's looking at you, and he's observing you, and he's praising you, and he's touching the things that are on, on two levels. On a physical level, he's complimenting you, and then by finding out about you, he extracts that which you want to express. He lets that little flower come out. He uses some prompts, and out it comes. The women, you know, Casanova, it is said he never took a woman's clothes off. Even women. 
How, how could it? The women took their own clothes off for him. Right. They, they threw themselves at him. He would. In fact, he's, there's a couple of stories about this guy. Real interesting. He would, in the middle of of you know getting things hot, he would suddenly leave and say, "No, this is happening too quick. I can't do it." He would he would pull back. He would do a few of these things where he wasn't just jumping on the woman. And what did that do? Oh, my God, the girls went crazy. They hunted him down. They, they camped outside his house kind of a deal, you know. And, and this really is the key, I think, for, for, for all men. You know, I mean, it's, it's my belief that, if, you know, there's very few men that are born Don Juans, born objects. Right. And the rest of us really have to struggle, but there are a lot of things we can learn from these examples. These, uh, your 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 Hugh Hefner, Hugh Hefner. You know, I've never met him. My my father met him, and he said the thing about Hefner that was so attractive to both men and women, he looked you in the eyes, he found out about you, just like Don Juan or Casanova did. He took an interest in you. Don Juan is eternally curious about you. He. Right. to know about you. He's not talking about him and his biceps and all his bling and all this, right? He's not selling himself. He's focusing on you. And isn't that what a woman or anybody really wants? I want exactly. to be cared exactly. for. Right. I want you someone want... to want me. Right. You, right. you want someone to realize that you are special and that not only do they realize it, but they see it and they voice it. And when they see your specialness, and when they voice it, then all of a sudden there is a connection. There's almost like a, ah, wow, somebody gets me. God, I I never thought anybody would get me. All they saw was my breasts or all they saw was this or whatever, you know, the physical. I mean, that's nice. It's nice to be admired if you're a beautiful woman or even if you're an average woman. It's nice to be admired, but someone wants to know, everybody wants to know, that whoever is talking to her gets her, understands yeah, yeah. her, beyond the physical. Because, you know, uh, you know, physical is important, but if that's the only level for attraction or the only way that a person's attracted to you, then there's not really a whole lot there. It's just, uh, right. you know, I just can't wait to get my hands on you. So that's, that's not a good idea. No, but, and, um, and what, you know, like you say, it, it, it's a, it, you know a little passion for a, a half hour, and then it passes, and there's nothing that connects. But what does right, connect right. is when the man, in this case a Don Juan or a Casanova, can appreciate your essence. And right. I, I, I tell you, if you if you look over the pages of my book, even though it's satire and I poke a lot of fun at sexuality, what I am trying to do is to teach men how to actually turn from selfish ignoramuses who only think of themselves to learning how to become devoted to our women. Right. This is what Don Juan did. He made you feel that he was devoted to you, that he wanted to know all of the things that, that, that made you who you are. And if we can adopt some of those techniques... Well, my God, you're gonna, you'll, you'll be able to. And then let me. I'm, I'm rambling here, but one of the most important things about Don Juan, as he did this, he used that that key that so many men don't understand, and that is his smile. He disarmed women with his smile. It was a sincere, warm expression that told women that this man likes himself. He's confident. He's not going anywhere. He's not running. He's here for me. He's enjoying himself. Right, if you look right. at uh, 
I mean, if all the all the, the the famous paintings of Don Juan show the same characteristic: a beautiful, warm, engaging smile. Yes. And if men can learn to employ the smile with their curiosity and flip the attention from themselves to her, my word, gentlemen, you have just found the key to everlasting happiness, as far as I'm right. concerned. I think that's a very good point because, you know, a lot of times, especially in a patriarchal society, in many, many patriarchal societies, women raise their sons to think that the sun rises and sets over this guy and their daughters take second place. And not even second place, if they have like two or three sons and then a daughter or wherever the daughter fits into the line of it doesn't matter. The sons are treated as if they're some kind of kings. And the daughters are treated as if they're scullery maids. And I really think that we do a disservice to our youth and to the relations that they're going to have by either treating our guys like they're kings or our girls like they're princesses. We need to treat them as if they are wonderful, loving human beings who have a responsibility not only to their own body and to their health, but to the relationship as well. And that the bottom line is if you want to have a loving relationship, you have to know how to give and receive, have to know how to listen carefully so that you are actually answering or addressing the issue yeah. for exactly yes. what it is. You can't be afraid that, you know, your weaknesses are going to be out there, someone's going to see that you don't know something. You have to be vulnerable in a relationship. Yes. And um, I think that in, in our society, as long as women treat their sons as if they're God's gift and treat women as if they're so much secondary, that we're teaching them that, you know, women should be subjugated to men and women should be the property of men and you'd be so lucky if he wanted you. Well, I I think that goes both ways. If they're good people, he'd be lucky to have her and vice versa, she'd be lucky to have him because God only enters into relationships that are equal. When the winds of heaven dance between them, that is where you have a beautiful relationship. When you have a relationship where one thinks that they are superior to the other, then that, there's going to be problems, you know, from the day one. Amen. So, yeah. yeah, I really, really think so. so now, I think this, though, and let me add this to that. I, sure. I believe that, that we are coming to, or we have come to the end of that, that, that male uh, patriarchal uh, era. In fact, uh, a lot of uh, psychics and, and seers are saying that uh, that was what December 21st, 2012 was all about, the end of the era of men and the beginning of the era of women, when women now step into lead positions all across the planet and start finding themselves as leaders in society. And I think what's going to happen, this is my own sense, I think what's going to happen, because I'm seeing it everywhere, is that wh- wh- everything we've been talking about it's, it's cropping up in conversations, in articles, in, uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. People are starting to identify these problems, talking about them, sharing them. Out of this, I think, I th- I think we're going to find our way, and I believe it's going to be the women who are going to look around and realize, hey, you know, we've got these imbalances. And, we, you know, women are so intuitive. They're so immediate. And I believe that they will, as they find themselves, as they grow in their confidence, I think they're going to start 
leading the relationship in the right way, away from separatism, putting people on pedestals, all this type of thing, and 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 really finding the methods to teach our kids what they need now. We have all the information in the world. We don't know how to synthesize it, but I really believe it's the, the key is the women in our society stepping forward confidently and leading us. I absolutely agree with you because, you know, in um – in ancient societies, way, way back in the day, um, the societies were actually matriarchal. And the reason they were matriarchal is because females bore children, and everybody thought that was such a miraculous thing. Absolutely. So there would be one woman, and she would have many men. She would have maybe six, seven men, and one would be for hunting, and one or two would be for sex, and one would be for cultivating the lands or taking care of things around, but she was the one that was in charge. And then somewhere along the line, they, one of those guys, probably the one that wasn't getting too much attention, um, sold her on the idea of fear, that she had to be afraid of something. And then as soon as women adopted fear and we needed to be protected, the pendulum that it swung in a completely different direction. And for many, many centuries now, we've been a very yang, male, aggressive, dominated society. And I really believe that we need to swing that pendulum right back and find our way someplace in the middle where men can appreciate their sensitivity and the part of them that is also intuitive, because I know a lot of men that are very intuitive, and I really respect that about them, and the the female who is feeling her strength and who understands that there's nothing wrong with being a woman. There's nothing there's nothing inferior about being a woman. A lot of women feel like, well, you know, they say, oh, I'd rather be a woman, but yet they treat themselves as if they're second-class citizens. So we need to be able to find that balance between the sexes so that we can find peace within ourselves, we can find peace within our relationships, and um, work on ourselves and and really be the best that we can be in the relationship. And I think that's what's really important. Because I think um, it's taking place, isn't it? Don't you don't you think though that 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 people now are moving towards that? I mean, I, I think out of their own. I think we've tried psychology, we've tried all these drugs, we've tried all the different twelve-step methods, and yet, you know, none of that really satisfies because it's not. These are immediate. These are you know instant fixes. I really believe, I have great hope for the future, Ellen. I just think, I just think that, the, that our women are going to get it together increasingly and really lead us out of some of the issues and some of the problems that we have been having. I do believe that even these most, you know, you have the, 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 the idea of the, the modern feminist woman. She's independent. She's hardworking. She has all these things she's juggling. She still is a woman, and she still is, how can I say, she still wants to be treated sweetly, gently, as all women always have. There's something that is a constant between man and woman. And I think we've gotten out of balance the last, certainly the last hundred years, and I think we're coming back towards that balance. And I believe that men are going to learn how to treat and become devoted to the modern woman, who is now dealing with different conditions, different situations than she ever has before. This is a new period for her. She's really feeling the strain of having to juggle home, work, 
all the problems. And then you have all these modern guys who are out of work or underemployed, laying around the sidelines with nothing to do, who are looking to their women to, for, their, for their support systems on every level. So, I mean, the woman has really got a lot in her backpack right now. But I really believe, and this is what the essence of my work is, is that, that we're okay. All these problems are coming out. We're identifying them. We're talking about them. There's chatter everywhere. People are seeking solutions. Experts are stepping up with their views. I think it's, a, it's an exciting time. I, I just see it all in a positive light. I, I do know that we're going to go through some more crap for a while. Right. Um, uh, but, but if we stay with it, if people don't panic, don't get back on drugs and all that, which I think is a real mistake, um, I think we're going to be fine. Now, listen, we only have about three minutes left to this show, so I want you to tell the guests uh, that are listening in where they can find information about you, Milt, and the name of your book. So let us hear it. The name of my book is How High Should I Jump? The Satirical Guide to Pleasing Today's Woman. Now, you can find that on Amazon. Uh, you can go to my website, How High Should I Jump? In fact, I, I'd like you to... Don't buy the book yet. Come by my website and take a look at all the crazy stuff I got going. I have a blog there that Ellen, I think you might want to read. You mentioned the the history of some of uh, some of our women from centuries ago. I, I did a study last fall of all sorts of of, uh, of women, shark of the Amazonian, uh, all these famous women from from centuries ago, and I and I did a study about them, and it's very interesting to see who they were. But I invite you to come by my website. Take a look at my book. Um, uh, it's it's uh, like I say, it's, on, it's available on Amazon. You can get it downloaded on your Kindle. Um, and I'm very active. I uh, I answer questions and write emails to whoever writes me. I I really uh, invite that, and uh, I'm, I'm developing quite a following of, of men and women uh, who I'm knowing on getting to know on a first name basis, and it's uh, it's pretty exciting. So um, while my work is satirical, folks. The essence of it is based on the fundamental truths of the West of Western civilization. You can't go wrong reading it. I advise you, if you do read it, to read it all the way to the end, uh, because there's so much in there. I've spent about 25 years putting this book together, and it's really got, boy, it's a big soup, but I'm really proud of it. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with me. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. I hope you found it interesting, as certainly as I did. And uh, take good care of yourself. Keep Kegels. Talk to you again soon, Milt. Bye for now. Thanks, Ellen. Had a great time. Me too. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No. 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.